When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to TC Live from Madrid, coming up on the big show. Nobody beats Gal Monfils 18 times in a, well, maybe not. How Novak Djokovic extended the most lopsided streak in tennis history. Plus, she's already a Grand Slam champion, but Emma Raducanu looked to reach another major milestone in Madrid. And a fond farewell to Kevin Anderson. We celebrate the former world number five who calls it a career after 15 years on tour. With that, we welcome you into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back alongside Hall of Famer Jim Courier. And over on the big screen, we've got the other Hall of Famer, Andy Roddick. How about Andy Murray beats Dominic Team and then guts it out against Denis Shapovalov? I, I got to say, it's been awfully impressive, especially the way he just finished that match moments ago. As aggressively as he played to, to rip through Shapovalov towards the end, that for me is exactly the way that, that Andy Murray needs to play tennis going forward because his defense is not quite what it was. It's still very good, don't get me wrong. Needs to play less of it, though, against the big boys. He did a terrific job today on the return, especially, and he lighting that up. Roddick, listen, this is a guy who didn't even think he was going to play the clay court season. Now he's got a matchup with Novak Djokovic. What did you make of Andy Murray today? Yeah, you know, when he first started coming back, got the hip procedure, it was all grit, right? It was all grit and guile. And now there's some pop on the shots. He's able to kind of strategize, play to his strengths a little bit. As Jim was saying, getting some pop on the ground strokes. There's more options, which brings his IQ even more to the forefront than it was. You figure, uh, you know, when, when you watched him early on, it felt like he was playing with a pair of twos all the time and going all in. And eventually he's going to get beat. This Andy Murray looks a little, bit, a little bit different. He's not falling over on the serve anymore. He's getting some height on it, standing up. Uh, it, it great performance from Andy Murray, especially considering we didn't even think we were going to see this guy. Uh, the way he's moving on the clay, the way he's kind of punching through, uh, really impressive stuff and uh, always the competitor. Absolutely. You love to see it. We are going to see that entire highlight coming up momentarily. But first, how about the world number one in action today? Three-top champ Novak Djokovic needed to defeat Galmolfis to stay atop the rankings. The good news, Jim, he came in with a perfect 17-0 record against the Frenchman. Yeah, that's on tour. He had lost to him in a future, so give Gael his due. That was a long time ago, though, and this one was the same story we always get. Monfils, the highlight reel, Djokovic, the winner. 6-3, first set for Novak. He looked good. Let's be honest. He didn't look great in Belgrade. He had to grind through match after match from a set down to make it to the finals where he ran out of gas and lost the third set. Six love to Andre Rublev. None of those real hiccups today. He looked very comfortable, very confident. He certainly didn't get pushed physically. This was a highlight shot here. Look at this tweener. But it's the story of their career. Highlights for Gael, winners for Djokovic.
Terrific stuff for him. He's got to be feeling, I would think, much better about himself after a match like this here. And then he'll, I would think, relish the opportunity to play Andy Murray, someone he's respected and battled for so long, but it's been a long time since they've played. All three of his breakpoints converted while saving all five he faced. And Novak Djokovic talked about his preparation for this match inside the press room. First match of the tournament, I had a, a week, 10 days to, to, to get ready for, for this match. And for this tournament, I've done everything I possibly can to build my fitness and, and also improve on all aspects of the game on the court. And uh, I'm really glad that it paid off because you know, I felt good on the court. So it's, it's the right process and it's the right direction. How about this? Some history for Novak Djokovic, the most dominant head-to-head -head record in ATP history. Federer, 17-0 against a couple guys, but no one has done what Novak Djokovic has done to Gal Malfis. 18-0 on tour. Special stuff. Novak would face the winner of another exciting match between Andy Murray and Denis Shapovalov. Murray coming off his first win on clay in five years, and he was able to get the first break. And look at those legs, Steve. He's putting his own, what, these hips? They're still good. I can still motor a little bit, everybody. But credit to Shapo, because he looked pretty bad in the first set. He gave himself a, a reason to yell and scream at somebody in the crowd. Hopefully it was his coach, otherwise it'd just be weird. Uh, but Kemback started swinging a little freer, attacking the lines against Murray. Murray's D maybe a little bit behind. So you got to respect Shapo for fighting back in, after what was a pretty ugly first set. But listen, the guile of Murray has never died, but the skill set and the ability to attack when needed, the ability to move on the clay and hit that little hook forehand pass that we've seen a million times. I've seen it myself far too often, but then you see him compete, stick the return, vintage Murray, get into it, ask the question time after time. Shapo tries to force a shot, maybe a little bit too early, and right here, gets me deserved, he'll take it. Great victory for Murray. We didn't think we would see him on the clay court. And now we have a matchup with the man Novak Djokovic in the third round of Madrid. The 37th meeting it will be between Djokovic and Murray. The last seven times they played each other, they were for titles. They were all in finals. What do you make of this? Obviously, Andy Murray being able to come through the bionic, bionic man yeah. on that hip and, and now taking on the world number one. Now, that little perspective, how about Murray uh, played Shapovalov one time prior, and that was Wimbledon last year on the grass. That's his favorite surface, and Shapo destroyed him in three straight sets. How much confidence must this match give Andy as he looks forward to getting back on the grass, which might likely be his next tournament following this one? We'll see. But an opportunity for him to go out and freewheel it against Novak. And that's what I hope he'll really do. That's what he's always seemed to do a little bit more of when Yvonne Lindell's been coaching him. He's played more offensive, especially on the forehand side. We saw that today as well. He realistically has no chance if he doesn't play a lot of offense against Novak. May not have a chance anyway if Novak's playing the way he did today, but why not let it fly and see what happens? Great opportunity, nothing but upside for Murray. Absolutely. Listen, this is he's going to get a day off, so he'll have Huge. an opportunity to get that body right, and he uh, hasn't played him in five years. What do you expect to see on Thursday? Well, I mean, I think Thursday is actually less important than this being a great investment in Murray's grass court season. Like Jim mentioned before, we don't know what we're going to see past this week. As far as the matchup and the X's and O's of, of Djokovic and Murray, listen, Djokovic looked great today. And it was when Djokovic is in full flight, he asked the question, 
point after point. And Mumphies to win points was having to go out of out of his shoes, right? He was having to take his risk profile way higher than he would ever want to, which manifests itself in some great shots, but also a lot of errors while Novak is just plodding along, switching directions, controlling the center of the court. He's going to have the ability to move Andy Murray more than Murray would want. Expect to see Andy serve and volley a little bit, try to maybe come in on some second serves, force the issue a little bit. I don't like the matchup at this point in his career uh, for Andy Murray, like, like Jim alluded to. That's secondary to him getting the matches, getting the competitive juices flowing, and having some really positive momentum, no matter what happens against Novak, going into that grass court season. 25-11, head-to-head for Novak Djokovic. The first time they ever met, 2006. It was in Madrid. It was meant to be here for Andy Murray and Novak Djokovic. Can't wait for that on Thursday. How about the ladies? Bianca Andreescu guaranteed to get back in the top 100, but Jesse Pagula has brought her best at these events. A tour leading 10 trips to the round of 16 in WTA 1000's gym since the start of last year. Yeah, Second-ranked American behind Danielle Collins, ranked 14 in the world, seated 12 here. She had to battle hard to come from behind in that first set. She got it done, and then she never let go of the lead against Andrescu. She's so rock solid. So she has so much depth on her ground stroke, uh, does Jesse, and that is very difficult for players to handle. So Andrescu, she'd get an early break, and that would be it for her. A little too much creativity on that break point down. In this one, it just went one-way traffic from there. Jesse has done a lot of good work. She is uh, not the strongest player out there as far as serve. But boy, is she tenacious. And that tenacity paid off in a big way today against Andrescu. Has more tools in her toolkit. But uh, Jesse just plied her trade. And like she's been doing now since COVID hit, just dominated. Yes, yeah, she really has. Now the quarterfinals in seven of the last 11 WTA 1000 events. Jesse Pagula moving on to the final eight. And then we had the only. One of the only two other people ranked ahead of Jesse in the rankings remaining in the draw. Emma Raducanu looking to reach her first quarterfinal at a WTA 1000, playing Angelina Kalinina. How about this, Andy, going for a second top 15 win in a row? Hadn't gotten any before this event. Yeah, she looked great against Muguruza in the second round. And not normal for Emma Raducanu. She normally actually gets off to the quick starts and has someone else kind of grind back against her. But credit to Emma for really competing. You feel like she's finally getting some matches under her belt and, and getting into these uh, tournaments deep. She's only going to get better with matches. You see her playing the drop shot, reading the situation. But what we don't really know yet, Steve, is she keeps losing these tight matches late and making questionable decisions. That's a silly angle to go for at that point in the match from Kilanina and an even tougher one to actually execute. Well-deserved win uh, here for Kilanina, as, as we see here on match point. Uh, Emma kind of misses a, a little bit of an easy easy volley here, but but great grind from Kilanina. She's having a great tournament, and we need to see Emma Raducanu start getting through these tougher three-set matches. Kalinina has now beaten three straight Grand Slam champions in her Madrid main draw debut. Sloan Stevens, Garbina Muguruza, and now Emma Raducanu as she moves on to take on Jill Teichman, who got the upset against Rybakina. Pagula will face Sarah Cerebez Tormo, looking for some revenge against the Spaniard. Another American, Amanda Anasimova, looking to make the semifinals against Alexandrova. And then we've got our eyes. On that bottom matchup, Jim, we've got Simona Halep, who's won in Madrid a yep. couple times, made two other finals. Ange Jabeur, yeah, the only top ten player remaining. She's, she's scared of you, right, Ange Jabeur? 
She won't come sit and, and talk, talk to you? Like... <laughs> She's superstitious, but oh, she apologized. Okay. She said, listen, Steve, I'm going to see you the next time uh, you're at the Tennis Channel desk on site, and I appreciate that. She told okay. me she was going to bring me the trophy in Charleston. Okay, well, maybe we'll get her at Roland Garros. Yeah, so see looking, if she brings me the trophy Looking there. forward to seeing this matchup, though. Halep's talking about how she's got sort of a fresh outlook now with Patrick Moradoglu kind of getting a little bit in her kitchen, kind of lighting a fire underneath her, getting her up for practice early. Oh, Jabor, though, is going to ask a lot of difficult questions with all their variation. Should be exciting. I think the winner of the tournament may come out of that, that match. We'll see, but it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see it. And the thing about Muradoglu is, like, he's like Puff Daddy in music videos in the late 90s. Like, he's in every – like, what Puff Daddy was to, like, being in every music video, Muradoglu is, like, in every player's box. I can't even keep up. But seems like him and Halep have a great thing going uh, right now. But, what? listen, it's going to be on Jabor. Ons Jabor is going to have to actually go after some shots and not let Halep dictate any point. Uh, great matchup. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see where Muratoglu is sitting. I don't know. I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen with your computer next. It's got a mute flashing <laughs> mute button, but we can still hear you. Yesterday it was telling us she needed to upgrade to pro. I think you just need to move to Los Angeles with the rest of us and come to the studio, Andy. I, I'm telling you, by the way, in full defense of myself, it was everyone else's fault but mine yesterday. We have Zoom Pro on this. I'm all set. Doesn't change the content of what I said. I don't, I don't know if you could hear what I said, Jim, but it was spot on. What I know is that your computer says it's on mute and I can hear you. So it's magic. That's what I know. A Diddy. You're welcome. Uh, our guy Roddick making, making the great metaphors and the fantastic analysis as always. Uh, a lot more still to go. We're not going to mute Andy Roddick. Come on, get that off the screen. I think that's our screen, Jim. I don't even know if it's on like the real screen. Maybe our monitor in front of us. American story coming up. See how a group of youngsters made it through today. We are guaranteed to have at least one winner. Corda took on Opelka. We'll tell you who won. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jim, Andy, Steve, back on TC Live. A reminder to go to tennis.com for all the information you'll need to follow the sport on the road to Roland Garros. Less than three weeks away. From a trip to Paris right now, John Burkock with the stat of the day on Novak Djokovic. Well, the rain in Spain has moved from the plane to the clay, so is more on the way. Raf Nadal getting ready to reign supreme for the sixth time in Madrid. He's on court Wednesday. Here's your forecast with Fox Weather. Hi there, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather's Britta Merwin, and here's tomorrow's Mutua Open forecast. Just a beautiful day for tennis in Madrid. A lot of sunshine with temperatures close to 70 degrees. And don't forget, you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather on your connected TV device. Thank you, Britta. Taking a look at our schedule on Bally Sports and T2. Coming up Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern. Leif Shires, Jen Michael Gamble, Cam Norrie, John Isner, all hashtag college tennis matchup. And then Hubie Hercotch taking on Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. Still to come on TC Live, we have a bunch of candidates to choose from, but only one Lamont. Which one of his shots could make our hot shot of the day? 
Welcome back. The road to Roland Garros continues, and Tennis Channel is the only place to see it all. After this week, we're headed to Rome. Then we got qualifying for RG, couple of events for the ATP and WTA before May 22nd. It all gets underway in Paris. Well, there are five Americans in the top 30 for the first time since 2006 when Roddick and Agassi were in the top 10. Jensen Brooksby looking for his first tour-level win on clay, taking on Roberto Bautista Agut in a rematch of their three-setter in Miami that the American won, Andy. Yeah, but this one's a little bit different. The court's a little bit slipperier, Steve, and Brooksby, his movement is such an asset on the hard stuff. And here on the clay, he just looked a little bit like he didn't have confidence moving side to side. Uh, wasn't able to kind of get into those points, uh, show off his guile and his mix up a little bit. And Batista Goot was very vocal. It seemed like he might have been a little bit upset about that Miami match that he let slip. You see right there, Brooksby kind of slipping around, not used to the, 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 the clay. We normally see him anticipate to the spot so well. That was nowhere to be found today. And an RBA, the ultimate professional, pumped to get a little bit of revenge. 0-2, a beating today against Brooksby. He will take on Dan Evans in the next round. Francis Tiafo played the Estrel final on Sunday, right back on the court to face Christian Garin, who got to the quarterfinals in Madrid last year, Andy. Yeah, and you're always curious to see people who go deep the week before Madrid. How will they adapt to Madrid? The clay is a little bit slipperier, and the altitude makes the ball shoot through the court a little bit. And unfortunately for Francis, the, uh, the answer was not too well. Got a little used to the conditions in Estoril. And uh, coming up against Garin, who rarely beats himself on the dirty stuff, played a really good match. And you see Francis slipping a little bit there and then pointing to the court a little bit. Uh, after this next one, just seeing kind of point at the court. Uh, wasn't really able to get his footing. And when you don't have that, it's tough to really execute much. Uh, Garin in control from that corner the entire time. You see Francis slip again. Didn't adjust to the, the conditions. It makes with a big three did week after week so impressive adjusting to the new conditions, but great win for Green. So two Americans out. Sepp Korda lost to Tiafo in Estoril, but comes in at a career-high 30 in the world, taking on Riley Opelka. He's at a career-high 17, Jim. Guaranteed to get an American win here. That's helpful. And this is the first time they face each other. Korda uh, getting off on the good foot. He'd get up an early break and be able to ride it to a second break in the opening set. So... Uh, Sebastian, probably a little more adept on the surface. We saw his breakout a few falls ago in Roland Garros when he came through the qualies all the way to the fourth round before Nadal stopped him. Opelka's dangerous, though. Uh, his serve is good on anything. We've listened to Isner talk about how much he loves these conditions. Andy can speak to it. And Corda uh, was able to, to survive dropping his serve as well. Wonton gets to match point here, guesses, and the sweet two-hander gets it done. So the late break secures the victory for Sebastian, who's uh, had a win over Santos uh, this year. Lonnie Carlo took out Alcaraz there before Taylor Fritz got him. So here's what we're looking at. Yeah, bottom half of the draw, Rublev has moved on, and we've got that Evans matchup. Schwartzman Dimitrov's a nice one as well. Korda will take on Lorenzo Musetti, who's very talented on the dirt. And then you got Chilich and Zverev at the bottom. Garin taking on Felix Auger-Aliassime. As we enter the social net, Kevin Anderson putting out this news himself, announcing his retirement after 15 years on tour. Uh, Andy, you've spent some time with him recently. What was your reaction to this? Yeah, Kevin actually reached out to me after Miami and, and said that he was kind of thinking about this. And we've had a couple of uh, long talks since then. Um, one thing I'll say about Kevin Anderson, when he first came on tour, 
there, there wasn't a lot of continuity, right? There weren't a lot of times where he was putting four balls in a row uh, in the court very often. The guy worked. He became the absolute best version of a tennis player that he could become, left no stone unturned, ultimate professional. And uh, as Jim likes to say, welcome to the afterlife, Kevin. Uh, Well-deserved. And, uh, you know, now, now we just got to get him a place to uh, to play a little bit more golf more often so he can finally beat his wife. <laughs> That's a good point. She was a college golfer at Illinois. When he was playing <laughs> tennis, Kando Candid, he got the most out of his career. And that, for me, is the ultimate compliment for any athlete. He's a guy, as you said, Andy, he just went after it. He didn't leave any stones unturned, whether it was the psychology, the mental aspect, trying to squeeze the lemon in so many different ways. A finalist at two majors, uh, you know, the first African male to get to the U.S. Open final, just a terrific accomplishment across the board. Uh, not a guy that necessarily is a junior. We saw as as a potential top tenner uh, major finalist, but here he is. And congratulations, Kevin. Again, there's so much more life and funny. You got a beautiful family that you'll enjoy. And I think he's got a lot more left to give in tennis, too. He's very involved in the politics. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets involved further on that standpoint. Seven ATP titles got to a career high five in the world. You mentioned two major finals coming from college tennis at Illinois. Jim, you got a spot from on the champion series? Oh, yeah, automatic. He's right in there, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, look, look, we we love to have the champions come out and play if they're healthy and happy. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, I'm not going to deal with him. Andy, that's on you, buddy. <laughs> Hey, hey, man, I've been pretty pathetic the last little bit. I was really good when I first came off tour beating you old guys, but now I'm like the old guy that everyone just beats up on. I don't want any piece of Anderson anytime soon. <laughs> Anderson can give Tommy Haas a run for his money. Yeah, all right. Well, Juan Carlos Ferrero, we got all kinds yeah. of good, good youngsters. <laughs> the youngsters, I love it. Sam Query. Query, we got Leighton yeah. Hewitt. Yeah, you good bet. Stuff. What else do we got? Well, we got the day session tomorrow, 6 a.m. Eastern. I don't even think you're, you're going to bed, Jim. You, you just pulled two all-nighters in a row. We got the night session, 2 p.m. Eastern. TC Live to follow an encore coverage all night long. Back with more TC Live after this. Courier Roddick Weissman back with your hot shot of the day. Uh, Andy, we, we switched this last minute. It was Gal Monfils until Andy Murray did this. And listen, that switch of directions and that little burst, and then he looks at his box and says, you know what, guys, these tips don't lie. They still work a little bit. But the scrappiness, vintage Murray got off the blocks as well as I've seen him. Look at that switch direction. There was no kind of limp in that step. There was no, it didn't take any time to switch directions. That's something we haven't seen for a long time for Murray, and it was welcome to see. Shakira and P. Diddy references from uh, Roddick today. Gotta love to see that. Versatile. Th this is what we have coming up for you Wednesday, 6 a.m. Eastern. The big one, Al Jabur, Simona Halep, Zverev taking on Chilich, Anna Samova in action. How about our first look at Rafa Nadal, the five-time champ, taking on Ketsmanovic, who's had a spectacular season. And then in the night session, we've got Pagula as well as Tsitsipas. Let's head back to Spain for a preview with Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back here at the DraftKings Tennis Channel desk. Pete, this place is buzzing. Everyone wants to see Rafael Nadal yep. in action since his injury in Indian Wells, not to mention our viewers' excitement as well. So what can we expect to see out of the five-time champion in Madrid? Well, I, I think we know what we're going to expect to see from Rafa, which is a whole lot of giant forehands, a whole lot of intensity, a whole lot of fist pumping, and the crowd completely behind him. But the good news for Kachmanovic is 
He had a great match with Djokovic in Belgrade, one of the only times he's gotten close to the finish line against playing one of the big three. And he was right there. And he sat here and said, you know what, I think that experience is going to help me going into this match with Rafa. But he's going to be fighting the crowd, Stadium Manolo Santana. It's a whole lot of uphill battle. But I think he's going to put up a good fight. But Rafa should come through pretty comfortably. Hopefully he brings out the sunshine on Wednesday action as well. Looking forward to everything that's on the menu there as we send it from Madrid over to our headquarters in Santa Monica, California. All right, thank you so much. Uh, looking forward to it. We haven't seen Rafa in a while, and the only match he's lost, he, he had a broken rib, Jim. Yep. Uh, <laughs> now he's taking on Ketsmanovic. What do you expect to see in this one? Well, first of all, I expected to see him in the night match, right? That's when you expect to see it all. But guess who else is in the night match tomorrow? Real Madrid, the football team. So Rafa said, I'm not, I don't want to play. I want to watch some football tomorrow night after my match. So he gets the late afternoon round. Rafa gets what he wants, as he should. We're obviously going to be watching ball speed. We're going to be seeing, is, is he healthy? Because, you know, is he able to, to freely swing? Is the rib fully healed? That'll be the big question mark. Yeah, and the, the, the tell for Rafa when, when you're doing kind of a, a temp check of his confidence is he always has the roller cross court that gets up and away, right, and out of the hitting zone. I, I, I say he likes to make people go fishing on that, that left side. But early on, if he's able to establish that one where he rips it line, holds it to the last second, and is able to rip it line, that's when you know he's feeling it, and he makes the court 10 feet wider when he owns that shot. Look for that early. And I think also playing during the day, the ball jumps a little bit more against Kichmanovic. He likes that. I don't think it's coincidental with this matchup that Rafa's playing during the day. It's not only the soccer. It's, it also helps his game. But Ketsmanovic, more wins on clay this year than he had his entire career yeah, coming good. into this year. He's playing what? David Nalbandian. Yeah, Nalbandian coaching him. Nalbandian's had some success against Rafa. That's right. Yeah. That's right. There you go. All right, great job as always, Andy. Jim, you are a trooper. Thank you, everybody, for watching Where's TC my, Live. My, where, I'm just going to go Our take a nap and we'll get started here pretty soon again. Continues next.